On today's episode, I talk with athletic trainer Adam Richmond about how he is adapting with changing times to learn in his profession, grow a side hustle, provide value remotely, the importance of mental and physical health, and being a lifelong learner. Adam holds a bachelor's degree in health science and a master's in exercise science and athletic training, as well as numerous movement, fitness, and nutrition certifications. He is currently the associate athletic trainer at Dickinson College, where he primarily works with the field hockey and men's lacrosse programs. When he's not strapping ankles and rehabbing Red Devil athletes, Adam runs a side hustle as a health and performance coach and is the owner of Richmond Training Systems. Adam, great to have you on today. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Dom. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so it's been a while, you know, been a while since I've seen you since, uh, you know, obviously been home for a couple months. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, the whole COVID lockdown has has thrown a wrench in a lot of our, our, our plans. And here we are locked down and trying to, you know, entertain ourselves, but also stay fit and, and mentally healthy at the same time. Yeah. And for you, I know working with the field hockey team and the men's lacrosse team, primarily, uh, you know, men's lacrosse team was right entering the heart of like the heart of their season, uh, you know, field hockey like off season, you know, getting ready for, you know, another successful season, take that next step for them. Um, you know, how, like, uh, like what's been what's been the biggest what's been hard for you like you know like it, it goes beyond like the physical aspect and like the conditioning aspect you know like you 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 start to become that like that mental voice and like that you know that voice of uh that voice of reason in their head too yeah yeah so when when we you know when we first got word that that you know we weren't coming back from spring break it it was it, it seems a little unreal, right? Like you weren't really sure what was going on. Um, you didn't know how long it was going to last. You know, we were, we were kind of hopeful that, you know, this would be like a week or two, we'd be back on campus. We'd be back playing lacrosse, but you know, and, and after a couple of days, it turned into a couple of weeks and it was like, wow, this is real. Like we're not, we're not just going to come back. Like this is, this is going to be the new normal. This is going to be our new, our, our future here is, is trying to figure out how to do things in this new world. Um, so, uh, you know, I do, I, I do all the strength conditioning for the men's lacrosse team and they, the field hockey team. And I, I, you know, that's not my primary role at, at Dickinson. My primary role is as the athletic trainer, more dealing with injuries and, and stuff like that. But over the years, um, I kind of got tired of doing my job. I, I, I always, I always joke with people like I hate to do my job because that means if I'm doing my job as an athletic trainer, somebody's injured, right? And if they're injured, they're not playing the sport. They're not participating in the thing that they love. Um, and, and I felt that if I had more of a role in the, the preventative side of things with strength conditioning, uh, that I found really good results with keeping people on the field. Um, dealing with injuries in season is really hard as, as I'm sure, you know, right? Like you get banged up and if you want to like, yes, you can sometimes keep participating with, with some nagging injuries here or there, but you're never, you're never back at that full 100%. You're never at your full potential. And that can be really frustrating. Or, you know, the other side of it is you, you actually have to stop completely and let that, that injury calm down and, and, and heal and then, you know, rehab. And that can be several weeks and that's not anything anybody wants in the middle of their season. Right. So I've really taken the, the route of let's, let's put the hard work in, in the off season, let's put in a ton of, of work in the weight room. Um, let's get strong. Let's get bigger. Let's get faster. Let's get more resilient. Um, and, and that has been really successful with trying to keep people in the field and not having to, um, you know, take that two or three week hiatus in the middle of the season and not being able to participate in the sport that you love. Um, so kind of going on a tangent there, but back to your question, as you know, I was, I was kind of dumbfounded of what to do, right? Like 
I don't really enjoy doing bodyweight exercises. <laughs> um, you know, it's like two sets of 500 to, to get a training effect, right? Like, it's like, what do you do without load? And so it, it did, it, it made us, you know, the whole industry become a little bit um, creative and trying to find ways to, to provide a training effect to, to athletes and, and try to keep them engaged at the same time. Um, so it was difficult, but I, I'll tell you my phase one um, of lockdown was, uh, really just body weight circuits, um, things that we don't traditionally do. Cause you know, I, I'm, I'm very strict with my programming. Like I try to account for every variable, um, you know, every set and rep, you know, volume intensity, every, every variable you can think of, like I try to account for it and program it very specifically. And I want my, my athletes to, to, to stick to the program and, and make sure that we're, we're getting the results that we want. Um, but when we went on lockdown, I was just kind of like, you know, I, let's, let's kind of, let them do some stuff they're not typically doing just to keep them entertained, to be honest with you. Um, I just wanted, I wanted athletes to, to have some type of routine, have some type of outlet to, to get some stress out, to, to work out. Um, and again, it, it was stuff that we didn't typically do. So a lot of body weight circuits and stuff like that. And, and um, you know, I just wanted them to have some type of normalcy and have, have an outlet. Um, and then after that, like now my focus is actually on speed and agility, right? So that's the cool thing. So when we're in the weight room, we, you know, if we're trying to build muscle or get stronger, our goal is to, to maximize motor unit recruitment. And, and I know that gets a little nerdy and, and probably over top of some people's heads, but what we're basically doing is trying to recruit every single muscle fiber as possible. And the next best way to do that when we don't have a lot of external load, so barbells and dumbbells, is to actually sprint at full speed. So when we sprint at full speed, you're getting anywhere from three to eight times body weight um, of force into the ground on each step. So think about that compared to, you know, you know, a two, 300 pound squat, that's still nothing compared to actually sprinting. Right. Um, so I've changed my focus to, to sprinting and, and trying to engage um, the motor units in, in that in that regard. Yeah, and it's also tough for, you know, because, you know, some kids might have, they might have that at home gym, they might have some equipment, you know, maybe they have like a parent who's big into fitness or, or this and that, this, that and the other, a trainer. Um, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard, the, it's hard to motivate from home too, especially like, you know, you have that routine, like, you know, you wake up, you go to the gym. Uh, and that's the biggest thing with college athletes and me being a, me being a student athlete I found is like how big routine is. And like, you know, if you get out of that routine, you know, how hard it becomes to, you know, adapt and especially, you know, throwing it, like being thrown into this, like not only do you, is your routine messed up, but like, you know, your, your mindset's not right. You know, you don't know, you try to develop a routine, but you know, every day is different and you're trying to look ahead. Uh, you know, it just becomes, and for me personally, like, you know, it just becomes, it becomes really frustrating um, when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, and I, I went through the same thing. I think we all did, right? Like yeah. there was this, these highs and lows throughout the whole process where it's like, you, you realize you have a lot of time on your hands because, you know, your normal routine and habits are, 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 aren't there to support you. And, you know, I got really motivated at first. I'm like, all right, I got all this free time on my hands. You know, I, I can't put a ton of work in for Dickinson, but I'm going to do what I can there. But then I'm going to, you know, look at some other side hustles and some other things to do. I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to try to keep my fitness. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't what I love to do, which is, you know, heavier strength training, but, you know, I was trying to do um, some body weight circuits and stuff. Um, I actually set up like a little home gym on my patio just to kind of get away from like I have, my wife and my son are both here too. So it was yeah. like, you know, a lot of people in, in the house. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get outside and have my own space. And that was great for a while. And then, you know, I just, I lost motivation too. And I'm just like, oh, this is kind of boring. I'm tired of doing kettlebell swings. Like, you know, what can I do different? 
Um, so yeah, you definitely kind of go up in those highs and lows, but I think you hit the nail on the head with the routines and, and, you know, the more you can, you can create good habits and those good habits become a routine and you can stick to that routine, the, the, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah. Time management is huge. And like, you know, even like, you know, the days seem longer here, like when you're home by, like when you're home by yourself and, you know, you kind of have those hours to fill, you know, I've, I've found it best for me is to, you know, kind of wake up in the morning and first just, you know, kind of write out like just goals for the day, you know, what I want to accomplish. Um, and, you know, set, you know, set the bar high because, uh, you, you know, we, you can't, you can't settle. You gotta, you gotta pursue and you gotta look ahead. And, you know, that's, I think a lot of athletes, I think that the men's lacrosse team and the field hockey team are, I mean, that's great. And like, even all the other athletes at Dickinson, you know, we can see you uh, putting out the content. That's the great thing about social media is, you know, we, we can make, we can mix that up and we, you know, we can, uh, I think, I feel like it's a great time to, you know, like work on our form, work on like, you know, we, we don't have those scheduled lifts every day. We have, you have more time to do like some yoga, some more stretching, you know, yeah. the, the Adam Richmond special, the PRI breathing uh, yep. tactics, uh, which we'll get into, I'm sure. sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it is as difficult a time it is. It's a great time also, you know, to kind of, explore something else and you know kind of consume some more content or like try something different that you didn't always like think you had the time for or that your coaches like wouldn't wouldn't approve of I guess just yeah. sure yeah it's a good time to just just step out step out of the range of stuff that you've typically been doing yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's, it's a good time to explore you know it, there's no right or wrong right now it's it's like you said before, just, you know, having habits and then routines and, and staying engaged with your teammates. Like hopefully you guys are, are, you know, communicating on a regular basis. You're keeping in touch with your coaches. I think that's really valuable and important. And I know a lot of coaches have been doing a lot of the zooms and, and getting guys on there and, and, you know, and now's a good time to talk X's and O's too. Like, you know, those are, those are things that, you know, you can never have enough time and never have enough opportunity to, to really understand the i the the you know the football iq or the lacrosse iq or whatever it is, sport it is like really understanding the game so yeah like take take the time now to to take advantage of of having these opportunities and and yeah maybe it's not what you love to do but you know strengthen yourself wherever you can yeah and i think a lot of people realize like like oh shit like my season just cut got cut short or you know like my spring season got cut short and now you know even the fall is uncertain yeah. um you know i think that's from what from the people I've talked to, uh, at least you know it's it's kind of it's pushing everybody uh, it's pushing everybody a little bit more um, now. So that like okay, the season you know it's get it's getting closer. You know it might not be until August, but like that's still like that's still uncertain. Um, so you know it's just really not taking the time you have for granted. Like yep, you know, every every minute counts, and you know you can't you can't be wasting them away. Um, and so that's what you've been doing with uh, RTS Richmond training services uh, you know, that's, that's gotta have been a great time for you to kind of, you know, like uh, put more work into that and yeah. in, in your side hustle and you know, how's, how's that, how's that been for you? How, you know, how have you yeah. yeah, it's good. Um, so, you know, I've, I've always wanted to, um, I've always wanted to have uh, my own business. It's, it's, it's been something that I've wanted to do. I've, I've thought about opening a gym, like an actual um, brick and, and mortar, mortar gym um, and actually have a location. That just seems a little unrealistic. Cause I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to stop working at Dickinson. I absolutely love working at Dickinson. I love working with those athletes. And, and um, but you know, it's, it's, I've been there for over 10 years now. And so like, I'm just trying to, to do something new. Um, 
So yeah, it was a perfect opportunity. Like I had been working on it before we went on the lockdown, but it was like a perfect opportunity to just jump, you know, uh, all, all in and, and get into to trying to figure out how to um, own a business. And I will say that um, and it's something we kind of talked about off, off air a little bit, but being a technician versus actually understanding how to own your own business is, is two different things, right? So like, I feel like I'm really good at athletic trainings, um, sports performance. Like I know X's and O's, like I am a technician, right? Like you want a good program. I can write you a really, really good program. I will get you like whatever your goals are. I can figure out how to get you there. I can motivate you to get there. Like I, I can handle all that, but getting my name out there in front of people and, and understanding marketing and the business side of things is, is just beyond me right now. So that's what I've actually been, you know, I've, I've stepped away from trying to, you know, read physiology books and, and the next big rehab technique or anything like that. And I still obviously do that. And, and, and that will always be my passion, but um, I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole of trying to learn marketing and, and you know, social media and like, there's just so many nuances of how to actually get your name out there in front of people and find the right people, right? right? Your, your target audience that, that, you know, you can, you can really um, value working with and you can, they can really value your services. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely um, challenging and I haven't quite figured it out yet, but I'm still working on it. Yeah. And nothing happens overnight. You know, it starts with trial and error, uh, you know, but if you never, if you never put yourself out there, you know, it's because you're afraid of, you're afraid of like what might you're afraid of that like saying no i guess and you know maybe it might, it might be like fear fear of judgment or you know like some other athletic trainers like dude like what are you doing like that's not like yeah. it's not your job your job is to take care of athletes but uh you know it's all about like providing value and that's what you know that's that's one of the reasons i love doing this podcast is like uh, you know i love hearing from people i love connecting with more people because you know you can constantly learn and like the more you put yourself out there the more people you meet like i've met a ton of people that i didn't and never would I thought they would never would have met. Um, and you know, so it's good. It's good to just always, uh, like keep putting yourself out there, uh, keep trying to provide content for, uh, more people. And, you know, like with you, you know, I could, I've always, I could always tell like, you know, since I was a freshman, uh, just how passionate you are, not, you know, about your job and, but not just about, not just about like healing, healing people, but you know, the, all the, about the prevention and like making sure your body, you know, works the way it can. And like you maximize, maximize everything so you know you can be the best athlete you can be and you know that's what I've always that's all, what I've always loved and admired about you is you know you take you take your job seriously but you don't you don't stay at one level you're always looking to go to the next level yeah absolutely and I appreciate you saying that and and you know that is that's my one of my um you know grounding tenets is is um you know lifelong learner like I'm always going to be learning and um you know for me learning is is about you 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 find a, a challenge or you failed at something and you have to figure out why you failed or, um, you know, you just, you're, you're, you're not getting the result you want. And, and it's always just pushed me like, okay, I got to figure this out. And again, it came back to like, I just, I've always hated treating athletes in season. Like, I just hate that. Like I hate seeing an athlete not be able to participate in the sports that they love. Um, so I've, I, and, and being at Dickinson as a D3, you know, institution that with, you know, limited resources, like we don't have a nutritionist, we don't have strength conditioning coaches. Like, so I've kind of had to fill those shoes just because, you know, I've, I saw the value in it. Um, so yeah, I mean, my, my model currently, um, I call it the RTS model or, or, you know, 
whatever you want to call it. But um, so uh, it, it entails biomechanics, bioenergetics, load management, um, nutrition, recovery, and, and mental health. Mental health was a big one that I've recently added to that and, and have always had an appreciation for, but more recently just, you know, really diving into that subject matter and realizing how much mental health plays on everything else. I mean, for example, like, yeah. you know, if you, you know, load management, we talk about, right? Like we, you know, you, if you overwork and you overtrain, like you're going to get injured, but you know, maybe you could handle more training and more stimulus if your mental health was a little bit better. So if, you know, stress is stress, regardless of where it comes from, um, mental psychological stress is, is, is going to put the, a similar toll on the body as physical stress that we do in the weight room or on the field. Right. So um, understanding things like that and, and how the, the body is just such a complex system and, and all these systems interact with each other to, to actually give you, you know, the, the result that you're looking for. Uh, but you have to understand all those systems and, um, you know, that model is, is a way that I felt like I can intervene on those levels as best as I can. And, and I've tried my best to learn as much about all those buckets as possible, and then try to put it together in a model to, to try to help athletes as best I can. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that gets overlooked is the mental health of athletes. And that, you know, it's not just because not not just because uh, they, you know, they have a lot going on with school and practice and, you know, games and extracurriculars and not only that but like the mental health aspect of you know coming back from serious injury I had never had a serious injury more than like you know like bum shoulder or bum ankle and my sophomore year when I tore my ACL you know that really like I you know I trained all off season all summer um, all into camp and then you know it's just one one bad fall and you know your your season done like it's just everything you work for is just gone um, all those hours, all the sweat, blood, tears, everything that went into it is just gone. And, you know, when you, when you have to tell, when you get told, you know, yeah, you'll be, you'll be all right. It's going to, it's going to be in nine months, you know, it's like, you know, that's, that really plays toll. And it's not just like it. I mean, we see ACLs all the time. You see, you see them all the time, but you know, concussions can really mess, mess somebody up and, you know, and they're not just football. That's every sport you see concussions. Um, but like, even like, it's, it's tough when you don't see progress, like, you know, like some, a lot, some injuries obviously are different than others. And, you know, I, I've, I've had this back injury going on for a while too. It's, it's, and it's tough when like, at least with an ACL, there's a timetable, you know, a lot, like a lot of these injuries, like there's just no timetable. Um, and especially right. And I know you're probably dealing with kids that were injured uh, in their off season with the field hockey team and then dealing with injuries in season with the cross and then to just not, and to just go home. And, you know, you don't, that's the great thing about being a student athlete is you have people like you uh, that are there, that are there for you for, you know, they can help with your mental health, physical health, like, 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 you know, you're there for them for everything. You're not just there to bandaid them up. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that's, that's gotta be hard for, for kids to, you know, be, be thrown out of that and all of a sudden have to like, try to like learn how to do things on their own. For sure. For sure. And, you know, it is, it's even different than gen pop, right? Like, you know, if you get injured and you're not a student athlete, you might see your physical therapist, you know, two, three times a week. Whereas, you know, you guys are there six, seven days a week. Like we see you literally every single day, um, which, which has its pros and cons as well. But yeah, just checking in mentally, especially, and, and you know, you talked about coming back from the injury and, and having maybe some, um, you know, uh, um, reservations about getting back on the field. But I think even, you know, 
when you're not participating in your sport and you're doing that nine months of rehab, like you, you lost a little piece of your identity. Like you're not working out with a team. You're not, you're not with your brothers that, you know, are in the weight room. And, and, and we, and I know, you know, Nate and I, you've, you've worked with us and we try to get you back in there as soon as possible. And that's one of the big, I mean, that's not the only reason, but that's one of the big reasons is, you know, get you back in that team mentality and get you participating at some level with the team. And that's just so valuable for, for mental health. And, and just, you know, cause that, that is, you know, that's what athletes identify as being athletes. Um, and, and if you take that away from them, that that's a struggle. And then you start to question yourself and those questions then, you know, lead into the actual, um, you know, recovery of the injury. And, and, and like you said, like kind of second guessing yourself once you're on the field. Um, and then, you know, and then the back pain piece is, is even a whole nother monster, right? Like there's, yeah. there's athletes that, you know, we'll do, structural studies and MRIs and they show nothing on the, on the, the imaging and, and to, to question yourself about like, well, why am, why am I injured? Like, there's nothing wrong with me, but I have this immense pain and, and understanding that that pain is, is a, is very subjective and, and it's an output of the brain. Like there's no pain receptors. And I know we have this talk all the time, but you know, pain is really, really tricky. And, and, you know, it's not in your head. It is, it is real, but at the same time, it not, doesn't always mean that there's a structural damage. It's just a perception. And my job is to try to help you overcome that perception via movement strategies, via, you know, pain relief strategies, whatever it may be. And sometimes that might even be mental counseling. You know, that's not in my wheelhouse, but you know, if that's something that we need to refer out to, I think that's something really valuable that people need to understand that, um, you know, again, mental health can cause pain too. Like it, it's a big deal. And if we don't recognize that, you know, we can, we can get caught in the vicious cycle of just, you know, drugs and painkillers and endless rehab that just isn't very successful when it's really just, you know, you need to maybe talk about some anxiety and, and, and some depression symptoms with somebody. And that would actually help a lot. Yeah. And you feel, you start to feel helpless in those situations when like, you know, when you're, when you have to sit out, uh, and for an extended period of time, you know, it's different. It's like, all right, like, you know, you're out this week, but you know, you'll be fine for next week. Um, you know, for some injuries that, you know, it's not like that. It's like, all right, we got to play this week by week. And then you don't see that much progress. You know, you start to feel helpless. And that's, that's also, like you said, general population, like, you know, you got your job, you have school, like if you, if you have these injuries and like, like nobody, re nobody really understands what you're going through besides you. Um, and so, you know, that, that helpless feeling, you know, I felt it like it's, it sucks and it's, it's tough. So like, that's, that's the hardest thing. Uh, that's been the hardest thing for me just with injuries. And I know like a lot of people can relate to this. It's just like, you know, your quality of life isn't that you want to live. Like you, you can't do that. Like you want to go play basketball with your friends or like, you know, you want to go on a hike, like you want to do anything. And like, you know, you, you can't really, if you can't do that, like that, it all comes back to like the mental and like, cog like cognitive, uh, you know, thinking process. And, you know, that's just, that's just a really tough thing. For sure. For sure. So, um, yeah. So one thing I really wanted to touch on was, uh, so the, the, the PRI model, which is, you know, I think it's, just, it's definitely helped me, uh, with, you know, shoulder injury, you know, back, like, like everything. Uh, and I think that's something that not just student athlete, uh, listeners can benefit from, but I think that's, I think that's something, uh, all listeners can benefit from. Uh, and you know, that kind of, that can help with posture and, you know, yeah, you, you, you can go a little bit more into that. Yeah. You know, I don't know the type yeah. of thing. So, uh, yeah, I can talk about that for a little bit. Um, yeah. so the PRI stands for postural restoration Institute. So that, that was where I, I was first introduced to a lot of the, um, respiratory, uh, therapy that, that we do. So, um, I, I do also want to give a shout out to uh, Bill Hartman, who is another 
um, great physical therapist who's putting out a lot of content in, in a similar regard. Um, and, and I've kind of adopted more of his model and, and, and maybe a little bit less of PRI, but I think both are, are really invaluable if, if you're, you know, athletic trainer, physical therapist, or, or even somebody just in pain that's looking for a good therapist. Um, you know, those are really good models. But basically, what, all, all we're trying to say is that, um, you know, if you think about traditional core stability, we, we think about like the axial skeleton or so like think like from the neck down to the pelvis that needs to be the, those joints. So think about like shoulder and um, hip socket. Well, let's, let's just stay at the shoulder. So think about your shoulder blade, right? So your, your arm bone sits in the shoulder blade. The shoulder blade sits on top of the upper back or the, the thoracic spine. Thoracic spine's connected to cervical and lumbar and all that, right? So everything's connected. Um, but so if, if we lose respiratory variability. So think about your, your core as like a soda can, right? So if you have this nice pressurized soda can, you didn't open it up yet, um, and, and, you know, it's perfectly um, uh, circular, undented. Uh, that is what we kind of think about that as, as, as the optimal core positioning and, and pressure, right? So we, we use this pressure, this built up pressure inside the soda can to keep stability. Um, but as soon as you, you crack open that soda can and, and you lose that pressure, then you can start to dent the can, right? So if we dent the can at certain spots, then that, you know, manipulates our body into certain positions. So for example, if I, you know, dent the front of the soda can, maybe on my, my right side, and I have a dent here, and it pushes me here. So now all of a sudden, my shoulder comes forward, right? Because I, I no longer can put air and pressure here. Um, I've manipulated the, my, my, my skeleton. And so now my shoulder blade is forward. Um, my, my arm bone has to go into internal rotation. So I might, you know, so that way I can continue to use it. I might actually externally rotate the, the shoulder. And so now you start to get this, this chain reaction down the, the kinetic chain and out into the arms where we're, we're, we're manipulating length tension relationships in the muscles. That's going to create a limitation in, in range of motion when really, you know, instead of just stretching those muscles to try to get that range of motion back, you would actually be more successful by actually un undenting the soda can right so right. we'll use a lot of positional respiration so where i'm putting the shoulder blade and the hip uh, bones of the pelvis in, the, in a certain position to optimize respiration so optimize the diaphragm position and the the pelvic floor position um and and that's going to allow me to push air into certain places in the body which is going to undent that soda can reposition the bones where they're supposed to be and then all of a sudden i have this freedom of motion that that i never had to stretch anything and i think you you know you've you've gone through that and you know it's a really successful way to do it and to regain and recapture range of motion without having to stretch endlessly for hours and hours which is really unsuccessful in, in most most times and um, there's actually no literature that that i've come across that really shows that stretching prevents or treats injuries um so you know it's just kind of getting away from the traditional model of physical therapy yeah i mean i've definitely i've definitely benefited from it and you know because like i feel I, I feel like you know most people are aren't taught the right ways to stretch and, you know, how to, or how to really like stretch effectively. But I think, you know, I think it starts early, early on in like an athlete's career, you know, they're not where they're not really, their bodies are young and under underdeveloped. And, you know, I, I think that's why a lot of injuries happen once they get to uh, high school or even college when, you know, that it, it, it all ramps up and, you know, you, you really have to take care of your body more. Uh, so, you know, I think that's one thing I think of like, you know, maybe if I was younger, like, you know, I, I wish like I would have had some of these like tactics or like just done some of these things that, you know, maybe like long-term prevention that I'm doing now so that, like, you know, once I'm done playing sports, but I continue to be active, 
you know, that I can keep a healthy spine, you know, keep, you know, everything's just all joints and tendons, just everything's just working well together. Yeah. I, I will say this, you know, you talked about kind of, as you get older, you start to accumulate more injuries and, and, and that, that is unfortunately the case. Um, you know, we, we become less resilient, unfortunately. I'm not, not, you can never pinpoint exactly why, right? Like there's too many variables to be like, yeah, this is exactly why, but I will say, um, unfortunately strength training has probably created more injuries than it has prevented in some certain situations, especially when the focus is on more load and, mm-hmm. and, and just putting as much weight on the bar as possible. Um, right, that's on form. That, yeah. It's on form and technique and understanding again, biomechanics and, and, and how to actually pressurize and stabilize the core and the pelvis in a good position to optimize joint range of motion and not just jamming things into each other. Um, the biggest one I see is, is, you know, especially with like a back squat mm-hmm. guys just dump that pelvis forward and arch their back as hard as they can. And that's going to, that's, that's putting the hip socket in a bad position um, now, basically, you're just going to jam the front of your femur into the front of your hip socket. You're going to get that pinching sensation in the front. You're going to get low back pain. You can mm-hmm. potentially get knee pain. Um, so really understanding form and technique and, and how to optimize, you know, core stability via respiration and pressure is, is going to go a really long way with, with taking the stress off the joints, right, um, and actually putting that stress on the muscles, which is what we're trying to train. We're trying to train the muscles to get bigger, stronger, and faster. We're not trying to, jo- to train the joint capsule, which is unfortunately what we do when we don't have good position and good core stability and good technique. Right. So you, uh, so you recently started a podcast also go, go Pats AT, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, the, as an athletic trainer, I'm, I'm part of the national athletic trainer association. So that's the national organization that, that represents athletic training. And then each state has their own local organization as well. And that's, um, in Pennsylvania, it's the Pennsylvania athletic trainer society. Um, I'm pretty, pretty heavily involved in that, in, in, in that organization on, on multiple levels. I'm, I'm part of the programming committee for our, our annual convention. And I'm also on the technology committee, which is where the podcast came from. So as part of the, po- uh, the technology committee, we were trying to find ways to get more engagement with our our, our, um, our membership and um, try to get more uh, social media just um, presence in general. So we, myself and Phil Hensler decided to start a podcast and honestly, it's probably a little bit selfish. Um, you know, I, I wanted to help the organization out, but also just, and I'm sure you know, but like you, we kind of talked about this a little bit offline as well, but you get to meet people, you get to talk to people, you get to ask them the questions you want to get to ask. So like I get to bring on all these amazing athletic trainers in Pennsylvania and try to, you know, just pick their brain about everything, um, fitness, rehab, athletic training. Um, and we just, we, the state of Pennsylvania has a lot of really good athletic trainers out there. Um, but yeah, our, our goal was to basically showcase the, the athletic training, um, the athletic trainers in Pennsylvania, different settings, you know, D1 professional, um, you know, there's athletic trainers now more in the, um, industrial setting. Um, so there's just all these varying settings and emerging settings that are coming out and we just wanted to showcase them and, and, and get all these people on and, and really get them some recognition that they deserve. Right. I think that's great. And, you know, it really shows people that, you know, you guys, you know, it, it goes beyond just, you know, heal, healing athletes. Like, you know, you guys, you know, like this is your profession. You guys, you went to school, uh, you know, because you love it and you love helping people. And this is just another way to just reach more people and help more people, especially, you know, athletic trainers, you know, you guys, I mean, some, some D1, D2, they're there for a good portion of the summer, but, but like D3, you know, you get that summer off, but you're still able to reach uh, more, you know, you're able to reach more people 
uh, gets more people. You know, I think it's awesome that you're able to, uh, to connect with others and just, you know, with the, with social media and, you know, the internet, the way it is today, uh, you know, it's so much easier to, to reach more people. So I think that's great. So you guys, uh, you know, I'll drop that. I'll, I'll put that in the, the link in the description to uh, the GoPats AT podcast. Uh, guys, definitely check that out. You can get a lot of good information from Adam and Phil. Uh, you know, they're out there. They're in, doing uh, they're doing great stuff. They're interviewing great people. And I've taken a lot from it. And I'm sure you all can as well. Uh, Adam, what's, you know, what's, uh, what's, what's your, what would your, be your main piece of advice uh, for everyone listening? Um, so main piece of advice in, um, let's say fitness, I would say build muscle, um, have a, a really good aerobic base and move really well. And, um, in business, I would say, like we talked about earlier, don't be the technician, understand, like, don't, don't just because you're good at something, don't think that you're just because you build a business, all of a sudden, everybody's just going to come and buy your product. Um, have a plan in place, have a business plan, understand marketing. Um, and, and really, you know, make sure that you, you understand what you're getting into before you just dive into it. Yeah. You heard it here from him too. Also just, you know, never stop learning. Always just be a lifelong learner. Like Adam said, that's one of the, you know, that's one of the main things uh, that he's taught me, you know, since, uh, since I've worked with him, it's just, you know, always, always try to take that next step and always, you know, try to try to better yourself and better others. So, you know, you can find Adam at, uh, on Instagram at Adam Richmond and, you know, you'll find the link to hit to Richmond training, sir. Uh, yeah, Richmond Training Systems, sorry, uh, you know, where you can see, you know, all the work that Adam's done, what he continues to do. Uh, Twitter at ADR736. Uh, YouTube, Adam Richmond. Facebook at GoRTS Systems or GoRT Systems. And then uh, his website at www.richmondtrainingsystems.com. A lot of great stuff going on here. Uh, you know, Adam, I look forward to seeing you soon listen to more of your podcast, but it's been great having you on. I uh, really learned a lot. And, you know, I hope, I hope a lot of the audience could take away some stuff that you talked about today. Awesome. Thank you, Dom. I hope to see you soon too, man. Hopefully we're back on campus here in August and, and hitting some people in football. I, uh, I, I can't wait till everybody get back. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, man.